The um, the only thing about are we recording? Yes, I just started. Okay. The only thing I don't really like about putting aloe vera on my lips to yeah. keep them from getting chapped, yeah, is if I eat something within an hour, it'll have this weird taste to it. Yeah. And sometimes I've done that and forgotten that I just put aloe vera <laughs> on them. Yeah, I know. So I think to myself, why does this food taste so weird? It doesn't taste well. I mean, I don't really. It the taste doesn't really bother me. It's much tastier to put coconut oil on your lips, so. But I understand what you're talking about. But did you, have you ever tried aloe vera juice? I keep hearing good things about oh, it. It's so good. Like, um, there were times where I would get, um, I don't know if, uh, the last time I had aloe vera juice, I had it from the coast. But it doesn't mean you can't get it in stores. But what 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 it is is like there's chunks of aloe vera in the juice, and there's also chunks of like fruit. Like you can get like a mango flavored aloe vera juice. And the cool thing about that is not only is it healthy for you, but you can drink it on an empty stomach. One of the many things I miss about living in Hawaii mm-hmm. is having aloe vera that just grew. Yeah. So so how was how did you what did you do with that? Take it. The leaf and then spread it on yourself. Is it um? Is it pretty easy to do? It is. Okay, because you can just cut it. You can just cut the or do you, do you scrape? You just open it with your hands, I believe. Oh, you do. Okay. As far as I remember. So I heard that if you're using it on your scalp, because it's so concentrated, because it's um for, organically from the leaf, you have to keep it in there for like, I think twenty to thirty minutes and then wash it out right away, something like that. That but if good. you but if you take it at home, if there's like a store bought gel, it's you can take a little bit more liberties with it because it's not so potent. That's what I I've read. That makes sense, babe. Yes. I want to address the elephant in the room because oh, I'm probably going to sound a little bit off today. Okay. I have not been sleeping well for about the last five or six days, mm. and last night I rested for maybe an hour. Mm. So. If we get into any weird political debates, I'm probably not going to be able to hold my own. It's probably best we don't talk about politics today. <laughs> <laughs> because of the yeah. Yeah, and I'm and I'm very wide awake. So you you you'd handle me, babe. Yes, I would. I would have to tell you to stop recording. Oh, oh. I would have to do that. Like you, you, you have to rest, okay? <laughs> and then you'd break off your belt and beat me. No, I wouldn't. Well, that's good, babe. I don't want to. Be I may good. go into the kitchen and yell the candy. Well, we don't want that. <laughs> no, we don't want that. That's either. why I came over to help with that. And then <laughs> do stuff to you. This is stuff to be okay. Fun stuff. Oh, fun stuff. Okay. But we don't have to get into that right now. No, we don't. Well, we might want to talk about mm-hmm. on Sunday, mm-hmm. I showed you two episodes of Deep Space Nine. Mm. We started off with the sound of her voice. Oh, that was a... A very interesting episode. Do you want me to take the lead or would you? Yeah, why don't you take the lead for both of them? Because I think I might. I've only seen these episodes once. And there's a lot of detail. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, my description might be a little bit shoddy, but this is why we have the J-Lo here to help. (laughs) Okay. They're on the Defiance. Cisco, the Federation officers, and... They're heading home from some mission. Mm-hmm. Cisco is eating with Cassidy Yates mm-hmm. when he gets a call from Worf to join them on the bridge. They 
heard a distress signal and realize that they're the only ones who would be able to get to this one woman in time who's stuck on this planet. Mm -hmm. It's going to take them six days, though. Mm. The ship starts heading in the direction to get her. O'Brien starts trying to open communications with her because they can hear what she's saying, but they can't talk back. Right. He's hanging out with Cassidy, working on some stuff, Mm -hmm. and then the woman who's trapped on the planet says, I can hear you. Yep. They're all excited. She's like, hello, hello. Yes. Yes. We find out soon after that her name is Lisa, and she was a captain of a starship that was on a long range mission right her name was lisa cusack exactly yes so cisco says we're gonna be there soon we know we're gonna be cutting it close but we're doing everything we can is there anything we can help you with Mm -hmm. she says well i really want to talk with people catch up on what's been going on in the federation and also just connect with people yeah because she's by by, uh as far as they know she's on the planet by herself Mm -hmm. yeah it basically goes between Cisco, Bashir, <clears throat> and O'Brien communicating with her yep. and having these really deep conversations. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit arrogant, but what starship captainisms? Yeah, and so uh, she talks to she talks to pretty much everyone. Uh, o- uh, O'Brien, well, except I don't think she talks to any of the females or Worf or Worf, but she talks to um, Miles O'Brien. Julian Bashir, Ben Sisko. She she especially talks to Ben Sisko about his relationship with Cassidy. I love that stuff. Yeah. I love when she's saying to him, because Ben is having some issues dealing with Cassidy being on the ship. Right. Because she's not really acting as a civilian. No. I mean, she is, but she's also like a representative of the Federation. Yeah. I think she's like an ambassador on this episode. It's kind of complicated because, you know, both of them are seeing each other and uh, he can't seem to do his work. Is, is Am I correct in saying yes. that? He can't seem to do his work because relationship and work are kind of intertwining with each other. Lisa makes the observation, you know, you're not good at juggling these two things, but don't be upset because most people have issues with it. Uh-huh. And and he's she's telling him that um, you belong here, but she doesn't. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't belong here. It's great stuff. Yes. L- let's sidetrack from the A plot for a minute. And we are going to get back to it because mm-hmm. some stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, yes. back at Deep Space Nine, Odo is kind of giving Quark some grief. Yes. Because of the way the bar <laughs> is set up. Right. But then Norris comes in. Yes, Norris comes in. The good constable changes his tune and walks away. And he's like, did you see, did you see how he changed when she walked in the door? He's talking to Jake Sisko. Yes, he is. And, and Jake Sisko is, um, is observing this. Later on in the episode, Odo comes back. Quark says... Did you get Kira anything for your anniversary? And he's like, Saturday's your anniversary. He's like, oh, oh, anniversary of our, it was the anniversary of our first kiss, of their first kiss. First date. I'm sorry, their first date. One month anniversary. One month anniversary of, of their first date, yes. He talks Odo into buying something. He leaves. 
It's Quark and Jake. Mm -hmm. Jake says, I need to research some nefarious characters Mm -hmm. for this novel I'm working on. And I love Quark's (laughs) response. Yeah. Where he's like, nobody in this line of work thinks of themselves as nefarious. I'll let you follow me around, but none of this gets back to your father. Yes. Later on, we find out that the reason Quark is being so nice and giving Odo his views (laughs) is because he has a criminal friend of his that he's going to make a business deal with that Saturday night. He's trying to make a profit. Yes. As he does best. Everything's going well for good old Quark. He gets Odo to agree to run a holosuite program. For Saturday night. Well, hold on. What? Almost. Almost. He thinks it's for Saturday night at first, but when... Odo comes in to make the final arrangements. He says for Sunday. he wants it for Sunday because their first date didn't go too well. Yeah. And he wants it to be a celebration they, of the day uh, when the, they first kissed. When they first kissed, right? Because that went much better. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Quark gets really upset because he can't contact his buddy mm-hmm. and tell him, listen, the deal's off. Mm. At one point, he's down in this cargo bay with Jake, and he's yep. saying, you know, I was the only one on this station who knew how Odo felt about Kira, and I kept it to myself. I was there for him. Yep. I helped I him out. Really <laughs> helped him out. And what do I get for this? Yeah. He busts me on these regulations. He's always trying to send me to prison. I can never get one over on him. <laughs> and pretty soon, I'm going to go to jail. Yeah. They leave the room. Because Odo is a shapeshifter, yeah. we see him more materialize mm-hmm. and know that he overheard everything that went on. <laughs> and, and what was he in the shape of? I don't remember. Okay. That's pretty cool. Later on in the episode, it's Saturday night, Odo thinks he's about to be busted. I'm sorry, Quark thinks he's mm-hmm. about to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Odo comes in and says, I want to see that holosuite. Mm-hmm. I'm here with Norris and we're going to have some fun. Yeah, we, we decided to, to do it uh, tonight. Yes. Quark is shocked. He gives them the program. Mm-hmm. They walk towards the hollow suites. Kira says, Why are you sure you want to do this? And, and Odo replies with, I, ho- I owe him one. Yeah, I owe him one. I mean, but yeah. only one. Only one. He's like, he, he decided to make a profit, but I do owe him one. <laughs> I love when she says to him, Where'd you get the idea to take me to Paris for our anniversary? And Odo's just cool, calm, and he's he's like, some things, my dear, are meant to remain a mystery. (laughs) It's great. Yes, yes. That's great, that's great. Meanwhile, back on the A-plot. Yes. Julian is talking to Lisa on the intercom system. Yes, he is. But he's kind of focusing on other things. He's not really paying that attention. And she pretends that this monster is coming up to her. Yes. Oh, my God. What is it? <laughs> no. It's getting closer. It's getting no. closer. Right. Help. Help. <laughs> and then when Julian realized what went on, he's right. like, ah. Oh, he says, she says, I hate her. And I didn't realize that she, it was her, actually. It was, <laughs> that was, a, I that was love great. That scene. I hate her. <laughs> I hate her. Yeah. 
She's just like, oh, I was just kidding. <laughs> Later on in the episode, presumably the next day, we hear Miles talking about some of his troubles mm. with Lisa. Mm -hmm. And they basically go on a rant about why they like how they like some ship's counselors as human beings. Mm. But they don't really appreciate them for what they do. Right. Right. Bashir interrupts, starts talking to her. Presumably, after he's done, he goes to the captain and says, we got to get to her. She's injecting this chemical into her lungs to help her breathe while we're heading towards her, but she's running out of it. And she feels, and, 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 and the, the, the longer they wait, should I, should I mention this? Go the ahead. longer they wait, she is having problems breathing. Right. She had a container of this substance. I don't remember what they called it, but it got a little bit contaminated. Mm. Now they're really up against it. Right. Now they really have to hurry. They get to the planet. They realize they can't beam down to the surface or beam her up mm -hmm. because there's some interference. Mm -hmm. They have to take a shuttlecraft. Yep. O'Brien, Cisco, and Bashir hop in a runabout, mm -hmm. leave the ship. They go down, try to find her. They can't find any life signs, but they mm -hmm. know it's around the area where she would have landed. Mm -hmm. Finally, I believe it's Bashir. Yep. Discovers the body of Lisa. I think so because she's she's in this cave. Yes. In, a, in by herself in a cave. We find out that she's actually been dead for the past three years. That's so weird. And the interference from the planet is some. Sort of like weird time warp. Right. So what was happening was she was sending transmissions three years into the future. And when they would send messages back, it would go through the time warp and, and she'd hear it. And so they decided after finding her, they decided they wanted to give her a proper burial back on DS9. Which was great. Yes. Miles gives an excellent speech. Yes. He says something to the effect of, I never knew her. Never shook her hand, never never saw her face. But we laughed together, we cried together, and I considered Lisa Cusack a friend. Yep. She's not the only one I've lost during this war. And one day we're going to work. I know we've all grown apart, but one day we're going to look around the circle of friends and realize that some of us are missing. Yep. And we are going to wish that we would have spent more time together. And he said something like, I... He he said something to the effect of, I need you all in my life. Something like that. I yeah, need, we're, we're paraphrasing it a little yeah, bit. I, I, I need to be with you all. You are my friends, basically. Yes. And that's how the episode ends. That speech gave me chills. Yeah. It always does when I see it's it. It's a great speech. So we've summed up the episode, babes. Yes. Give me your thoughts. So let me just say, this is I consider this episode to be a classic. This is really good. DS9. How and and I kind of made this observation about chat lines. Now, I'll just say this on a without giving too much away, and I won't I won't really talk about my own life outside this thing, but I'll just say that on chat lines, people listen to voices. It's it's slightly different than being online, but you hear a person's voice and. You already make assumptions about this person, whether they're good looking, whether they're skinny, tall, short, fat, big, you know, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. 
ugly, whatever, wealthy, um, poor, you name it. But how, how many times have people made assumptions about people's voices and all they hear is their voice. They can't see their face. They can't see their bodies. It's just a voice, right? What can it really do? But I think about that and I'm like, that doesn't take the place of real relationship. Can you have a relationship with a voice? The only way you can do that is if you actually meet the person. But if you can't do that, you kind of work with what you got. But nothing takes the place of a real relationship with somebody, a friendship, I think. What does Lisa tell us about online friendships then? Um, I suppose it can work. It just, you gotta work harder at it because, um, because they're not with you and you don't know, you don't know if you're going to see them. It's almost like pen pals to me. It almost reminds me of somebody having a pen pal and I never had a pen pal, but you know what I mean? They write letters or they correspond via email to each other. Um, or they correspond by telephone and they kind of, they, they, they have this rapport, whatever that rapport is, whatever that relationship is for what they can have because they're not in person with each other. Does that make sense? It does. But like I said, as always, nothing takes the place of face-to-face -face interaction. I want to get your thoughts about the journey home because once they get Lisa's body, mm -hmm. we know that it's about six days at maximum warp mm. back to the space <clears throat> station. That sounds like a long time. Yes. Even if it is maximum warp. But what do you think goes through the crew's mind as they're heading home? How do you think Cisco processes this and O'Brien? That's a good question. I'm I'm wondering if they're thinking, wow, um, I can't believe we took home a dead body. We were hoping to take home a live person and actually be friends with her in person. But not only that, mm -hmm. they were talking to a dead woman. Right. I I would imagine that they were, you know, they were flabbergasted. Like, how in the world could she have been talking to us even though she died three years later or three years before? What do you think this episode says about family? Mm. The reason I bring it up. Yes. Julian likes Lisa Cusack, but, you know, he's Julian. He's kind of smug. Yeah, he's, he's kind of in his own little world, I guess. He's probably hoping to get some action, so he's a little bit sad that that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, he's got girls on his mind. Yeah, right. of course. Miles... And Cisco really connect with her. Yeah. But Ben has a son. And Miles has a daughter. and Two a son, kids. Two kids. And a loving wife at home. Right. And she said that she doesn't, she hates children. Good for her. But <laughs> my, but my question is for you. Oh, Jill. come on. Come on. My question is for you. Come on. Go on. What does this episode say about the strength of family? Because this is a huge loss, mm. but Cisco and O'Brien have people to help th them process this experience. Well, I kind of think about 
and I'm kind of thinking about how this relates to what we're going through now. A lot of people are in isolation. A lot of people can't see their friends right now, especially children. And of all, a lot of people are not in the same states as their family, right? And I think in general, after hearing Miles' speech, at least for me anyway, I, I, you start to appreciate what you had before this happened. You, you got to see your friends like maybe every week. Um, you were able to, uh, you know, people would be able to go back and forth to see their families, um, when they could because traveling was, was still, uh, available. I mean, people still travel, but it's very, um, very scarce. It seems, it seems like, and, um, <clears throat> and, uh, I, I think after hearing Miles' speech, you just seem to be, I just seem to feel more appreciative of what I had and, and what I want, if that makes any sense at all. It does, because they're going through a war, mm-hmm. and we're going through a pandemic. Right. And oftentimes, I think to myself, in some ways, I'm closer to my friends, and in other ways, we've become more distant because of this. Mm. But like I've said earlier this morning, um, thinking about how many things have been stripped away from us right now in the last uh, seven months, you either appreciate it or you don't appreciate it. You either appreciate big crowds or you don't appreciate big crowds. You either appreciate social media or you don't appreciate it as much as you, you didn't appreciate it before this happened. You appreciate family, friends, parties, uh, vacations more than you would you ever have appreciated them. And it really makes you think about it. I've definitely been using social media a lot more since the pandemic started. Right. Me, not so much. No. I'm not on social media. Anymore. I love that you're not on Facebook. No, I just, no, I don't want to be on Facebook. I think it's um I think it's overrated. I do think it can be used for good, but I also don't think that there's good there is a whole lot of good in it. However, um you know, people people need what they need. People right? like what they, you know, people like what they like and I'm not going to tell anyone to stop being on it, but I won't. I also think during this time, mm-hmm. some people need social media because they're so distant. Like it's not good long term, but this is a very unique situation we're in. Right. I want to get back to this episode. Okay. Miles gives that speech mm-hmm. and he goes off. Mm-hmm. We don't see this, but presumably he ends up at his quarters at the end of that day. Okay. With Keiko. And the two kids. And the two kids. Yeah, presumably, yeah. Kids hang out with him. They go to bed. Keiko and Miles go into the bedroom. They lay down. Does Miles cry to Keiko, in your opinion? And if so, how does she deal with it? Or is he stoic and she feels that she can't reach him? I would like to think that he would cry to Keiko and say, you know, I I love you and the kids and I appreciate you all more because I was gone. And he saw the death of somebody. 
Yes. And that really, really must have touched him very, very deeply. He didn't see her die, but he experienced he saw, it. In yeah, and, 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 she, and, and found her, you know, yeah. They found her dead. Yeah. Sad. I've talked to you before about how Starfleet is another word for the military. Yes. Growing up in a military family. Mm-hmm. Since, since Miles is really the only one raising kids. Yeah. Do you look at Miles differently from other characters because your dad was in the military? I I think so. You know, I never thought of that, but I, I, I really think so. Yes. Do you, would you care to elaborate? I mean... I mean, so my dad wasn't gone a whole lot. But when he was on duty, he would be gone from... Uh, from June to December. And for the the time that he would be gone... Uh, my mom would be taking care of my sisters and I, the three of us. And, you know, I can only imagine how a wife of a military man is because if they're taking care of the kids, they're still lonely because their husband isn't home and they have to hold down the fort until he comes back. Well, he would only be gone for six months, even though six months seemed a long time to like an eight or nine year old. And we would take a day off of school around Christmas time to watch our dads come in on the ship. It was an honor. I mean, I thought it was, and just how excited the kids got and, you know, and then they would have like a Santa Claus that would give out gifts and, you know, it would, would give stuff to the kids because it was around Christmas time. And I just thought it was really special to, to actually see my dad come home. Let me ask you another question. Yes. Getting back to the episode. Okay. Even though she's not in it, presumably mm-hmm. she helps Miles. What does Keiko <clears throat> teach us about military wives, if anything? Hmm. I mean, I don't know much about Keiko, but it sounds like she's a pretty strong lady. I don't know much about her. I mean, I've only remember seeing a few episodes of her and I know that she's been on like a what is it like an archaeological dig or something she goes on a lot of those to get away from the kids it seems like and then yeah. maybe cheat on Miles how do you know she's cheating on Miles I don't know if she is or is <laughs> come on now it's Keiko we don't know anything we don't know we don't actually know a whole lot about Keiko do we no we don't so I'm I'm presuming that she's a strong lady I mean you know Miles had to be strong when when he was with the kids and she would go on her archaeological digs. Sometimes she takes Molly with her, though. Oh, I didn't realize that. Did she? Mm-hmm. She has in the past. Okay. Remember that episode where she comes back and she's pregnant and Molly's with her? Yes, Molly's with her, yeah. I have a bottle. I have a bottle. Not out here in there. Not out here in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That was one episode, though. I know, but she's taken her away for a while to go. Yeah, she she has digging around planets. So so maybe she's taken my Molly with her that one time. But I don't know. It seems like it sounds to me like she's a strong woman. I mean, think about this though. When when uh, uh, shall we talk about Kira and the? Yeah, we did. Kira, Kira. When when Kira was taking care of um, carrying their baby, right? Yes. I mean, she was so secure. She was willing 
to let Miles help her in whatever she could. And then when when Kira was going to go to see Shakar, uh, she actually let Miles go with her. And Miles said, "No, you know what? Um, I'm going to let you go by yourself because... I don't want anything weird to happen between us, so I'm just. It gonna... looked like if he had gone, they would have. He, he would have cheated on Keiko if 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 given the right circumstances, and I'm thankful that he said, "You know what? No, I I I, I better go back to my family before something really happens." I am too. Having said that, it would have been kind of fun to see how that whole thing would have played out. No, I don't think so. Well, because if you 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 believe that Starfleet is like our military, right? Yes. If a mili- if a a military man was found out to have cheated on his wife, and it got out, uh, that would be that would be a scandal. In that community, I believe so, or 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 something to that effect. But it might have been interesting if it was a scandal on the space station, though. I don't know. Like Cisco finds out through Quark. <laughs> Rom takes bets on who's going to get fired. <laughs> Quark and Rom takes bets. <laughs> Correct. I'm sleepy today, so. That would be good. Yes. No, 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 no. I, I, I personally was happy with the way that Miles handled it. I mean, I, I think if a military, if, if the military personnel did do something, um, behind his wife's back. To dishonor her and his family, I I would imagine that he would have he would suffer consequences. At least that's what I think. I mean, I may be completely wrong about that, so don't quote me on it. But I would imagine that they hold those men to a high standard. I know we're going off on this huge tangent, yeah, away from the episode. But that's okay. Miles talks about how he doesn't like counselors in this episode, mm. and. We know from hard time Mm -hmm. that he had an issue with seeing a shrink. Yeah. Is Miles in touch with his feelings? I don't think he's completely over it. I mean, I know that it hasn't come up, but I don't think he's completely come to grips with it. Let me rephrase the question. Yeah, I think you should. Go ahead. Molly is... Let's let's play a, a what if game. Yeah. Okay. Molly's now an adult. Mm-hmm. Her parents are either old or they passed away. Yeah. She's talking with somebody about her dad. Mm-hmm. Does she say, my dad was a great dad and he was always there? Or does she say, you know, my dad did the best he could. He was a little bit distant. And I think he had some issues. He wasn't really, he didn't really know how to cope with all the things that came up in Starfleet. Could- what, what does she say? It goes either. I think it would. It could go either way. He could have been there for her, but he also could have been distant and tried whatever he could. Would try the best he could to raise his kids. So it could have. It could have gone either way. And that that incident with Molly was just a. Was just a. Um, a slip up that never happened again. As we. Uh, as far as we know. As far as we know. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could go either way, really. Do you think Miles ha- is prone to outbursts around the family? I mean, he seems like a good family man. I don't know. But as he gets it's, older uh, and the kids get, you know, develop more personality. It's it's hard to say because we may, we, we probably will never know that. 
It's hard to say. Yes. We can only speculate that maybe he he may be prone to outbursts, but maybe he didn't have another one except for that one time, but he doesn't know how to deal with his feelings in a healthy way yet, and he's trying to figure it out. True. So I don't know. I mean, it could go either way. Let's go into the B plot of this episode a little bit. Okay. Which part? Everything with the B plot. Everything. Okay. I want to start with Jake and Quark. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think of Jake approaching our favorite bartender about this? And saying he wants to, um, he wants to profile be a, him. He wants to be a reporter. I don't know. I, I thought it was odd. It's not that he wants to be. He does. Or he wants to report on it. Yeah. He wants to do a, a, a story, story about a nefarious character. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I think about that. It sound, It seems to me, and this is just my opinion, that Jake is trying to, you know, um, trying to find his way, I guess. I think he has the confidence of youth. Yes. And sometimes that's arrogance. Yeah. I think he means well, though. But he's not an experienced reporter yet. Or writer. Or, I'm sorry, he's not an experienced writer yet. So he's trying to, um, he's trying to check things out. He's trying to find his way, as a, a young teenager would. I think by now he's like 19, but I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yes. Because that's, that's how we were in our early 20s and late teens. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out our lives. We're trying to navigate through this whole thing and make it out in one piece. Why does Quark agree to let Jake follow him? Because if you notice, there's no negotiation about no. money. No, there isn't. Maybe because even though Quark can be kind of... Uh, manipulative, right? As far as money goes, he always he's always wanting to make a profit. Maybe he just wants to take him under, take Jake under his wing, and teach him a little something about becoming an adult. It could be partially that. Yeah. What do you think? I think that may be part of the reason, but other contributing factors might have to do with he's seen Jake grow up. Yeah. You know, Jake's best friend is Nock. Yep, that's his nephew. Yep, that's right. And Jake is also the son of the emissary. Right. So while Quark knows that Jake isn't going to spill the beans about this stuff. Right. He's also aware of, if I'm good to this kid, he might put in a nice word. He might do something for me. Yeah. To my dad. To to his dad. dad. Yeah, Yeah. he he might put in a nice word to uh, the captain. Mm -hmm. So I better be nice to him. (laughs) You could be right about that. How much of this deal does Quark let Jake see? So in my mind, I'll tell you this. Yeah. I think he lets him see everything up until the actual exchange. I would agree. So he go, he may let Jake go down to the cargo bay, but he makes him wait outside. I and would... just gives him a brief synopsis. Because yeah. he knows that if he lets him see too much... He's going to tell his dad. He might tell his dad, even though he said that he wanted. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yes, okay. absolutely I would. Talk to me about Odo. Mm. <laughs> I have a lot to say about that. Go ahead. Well, first off, let me just say that I have never celebrated a one-month anniversary with a guy. That's just weird. Neither is Odo. Neither is. Well, with a girl, not a guy. Um, 
I yeah I, yeah I think we don't know how many relationships Odo has been in, and he probably hasn't been in a lot. I'm guessing that Kira is only his third lover. Because there was Arissa. There's the other shapeshifter. Well, that that's not. I wouldn't count, uh, consider her. No, they had uh, sex. Oh. They showed it. They didn't show it, but they showed them out. <laughs> and she said, "Is this how? This is how solids. This is how solids connect. Yes. It's a little weird. They keep going on the constable. Okay, I don't. I don't. I don't think I would really like consider the founder one of his lovers. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, I, I, it just seems like he was. He's been very clueless up until the, uh, now about how to be in an adult relationship and Kira is the first real relationship he's been in at least the real the most real well maybe I shouldn't say meaningful relationship because he was was he was in love with Arissa at one time but so it was meaningful to him it was meaningful to him and maybe it was meaningful to her but I think it was more meaningful to him but now he's in a relationship where it's meaningful to him and to Kira. Right. Now he has to not just deal with himself, but also how can I make this relationship better for for Kira? It's not just him anymore th- figuring this out. Now it's the both of them. I want to explore what he does for Quark. Yes. Is it because he owes him one? Maybe. I think so. Well, I mean, he did He did listen to all the times where Oda would be talking about Kira and trying to give him advice, even in a, in a, in a strange way, you know. But I think, I think so, yeah. Do you buy that? Yes, I do. What do you think? Do you have a theory? I don't have a theory as much as... I've thought of a lot of different possibilities. Mm. The surface level may be true. Mm -hmm. I've also considered that maybe he lets Quark get away with it. Yeah. So that Quark feels more comfortable down the line Mm -hmm. and he could catch him on something else. Mm. Or perhaps... Oda lets the situation unfold because he he, kind of, he keeps track of things. So he knows who Quark's associates are. <clears throat> yeah. And he might be able to give somebody else a helping hand in an investigation later on. Mm-hmm. Into Quark's buddy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't. But... I, I do buy the idea that he owes him one because Quark helped him through the Kira situation. And that was fun to watch. It was. You remember that one episode where Oda was trying to get advice from Quark and he's like, and I actually thought that you were my friend. And he goes, nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> what a butthead. Oh my goodness, you just never know with Quark, but I, I really do think that Quark really genuinely cares about Odo. No, he does, but Odo hates him. And Quark, <laughs> Quark just has a weird way of showing it. The Quark <laughs> said he, he cares for him. He does, he, he does. Him a friend. Yeah, he does, yeah. He actually likes him, yes. yeah. 
Who quirks a people person, so it makes sense. He, he is. He just uh, he just handles it really weird. Yes, yes. He he's a people person, and he he will he will hang out with you as long as he can make a profit out of you. Yeah, but he also wants to have fun. Too. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> so overall, yeah, would you agree with my assessment that this is a classic episode? Yes. Okay. Yes, I would. Good. A very interesting and sad episode, but very classic. Would you? Well. Yes. It makes you wonder mm-hmm. when people say they hear voices in their head, <laughs> what does that mean? Are they hearing voices from a different dimension or time that just happen to connect with the same frequency that these people's brains are operating on? Well, I'd like to understand that with um, schizophrenia patients, right? Because we, a person like myself and you, we don't have schizophrenia, right? And it's like a, it sounds to me like it's like a, a severe neurological disorder. And I can only imagine what they sound like because some people say that the voices are actually animals talking to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a little bit strange, but I don't know. Something I was thinking about this week, babe, when I was trying to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I've ever said anything and a being from another dimension has heard it and been inspired to do something weird because of the sound of my voice. Do you ever think about that? No. Okay. I think it's a little too far-fetched even for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> You've been watching too much sci-fi stuff. <laughs> I-, I love you, but come on. Oh, give me a kiss. You are a total sci-fi nerd. Oh, yes. Mm. 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 Okay. Okay. I mean, I know, I've know i known sci-fi nerds that wouldn't even go there <laughs> with the voices. I don't know, babes. Well, you know. Yes. I mean, for all I know, I could, be, I could be a voice in your head telling you to do all these weird stuff. It's possible. I don't think so. I had a friend tell me once... So I know you don't meditate, but yes. oftentimes you'll have these really weird visions during meditation. Yeah, that sounds a little creepy, but okay. It's it's interesting. But anyways, a friend told me, well, we assume that aliens would bring a spaceship and come here and communicate with us that way. Or kidnap people. Right. Or, or supposedly, yeah. But what if they did it through meditation and they communicated uh, with us through imagery? Uh, that's so weird. But then, you know, people say your mind can play tricks on you. It could just be a complete mind thing. That's possible. And you could be playing mind games with yourself. Mind games. Mm. With yourself. No, mind games is a song that uh, uh, John Lennon wrote, I believe. Oh, yeah, I think mind you're right. Mind games. I've been listening to a lot of Leonard Cohen this week. Yes. Partially because he had a song in Pump Up the Volume. Yes. And also I'm trying to learn how to play Hallelujah on guitar. Yes. This morning, I played you the Jeff Buckley version of Hallelujah. It just sounds so sad. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I do like it. It just sounds very sad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff, though, g It is, but that song is just, I mean, that's just a great, great song. Every A lot of people have done adaptations to it added to it taken away from it um 
it's a good song, and uh, I don't know if Leonard Cohen was still alive. I don't know if he could have, in, in his wildest dreams, that, that song would just explode. I don't know, babes. I know either. J-Lo? Yes. I showed you the season six finale oh. of Deep Space Nine. Oh my goodness. What did you think there, Babos? Well, in general, it was uh, heart-wrenching and heartbreaking. Do you want me to give a brief overview? Yes. And again, I'm feeling the the weight of not sleeping <laughs> even more than I was earlier. Oh my goodness. So we're going to, this is not going to be my typical, we give everything away. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And feel yeah. free to inject commentary when necessary. Sure, sure. Because you might have to. Okay, but okay. It starts off. Cisco is getting an award. This mm-hmm. is after, and then he, he, they basically say, "Okay, we're gonna have you lead a fleet to invade Cardassia." Yes. Right. Yes. And I should say, right before then, Quark and Bashir are waiting at his bar mm-hmm. as Dax and Worf. Leave the hollow suites. Right. We find out... They're trying to have a baby. Exactly. hmm Which is kind of difficult because their DNA doesn't really go together that well. Right. And this is a theme throughout the episode. Yes. So now going back to Cisco, mm-hmm. he opens negotiations mm-hmm. with the Romulans and the Klingons. They're already on the same team. Mm-hmm. But he wants to get them... To join him mm-hmm. in the invasion of Cardassia. Right. While this is going on, Gal Dukat mm-hmm. finds his way back to Central Commands. Yep. Where Wei Yoon, your best friend, <laughs> the one who you confess everything to. That's that's funny, Bob. That's funny. <laughs> but, yeah, just like Dukat's my best friend too. No, no, no. <laughs> Wei Yoon's your best friend, but that's only because he thinks I'm a god. No, I think Jake's my best friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Damar. Your best friend. My my buddy Damar, <laughs> who I like to, you know, go. We used to hang out in the club a lot before I met Jayla. We used to go to the strip club. <laughs> Have a good time, but I'm not allowed to talk about those days anymore. Damar's not even real. Go on. Okay. But they were talking. Ducat walks in mm-hmm. and he says, I'm here to. Uh, to give you Bajor and 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 all that stuff. And I know Cisco's planning to do an attack, but I want to give you Bajor. Right. And I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I just require these orbs. Yeah, right. Okay. Go back to Cisco. He falls asleep and he basically has a vision from the prophets mm. and they tell him to stay with Bajor. You have to you can't you can't go to war. Oh, you can't go to Cardassia. You have to stay back. Mm-hmm. He tells this to Admiral Ross. And Ross just kind of puts his foot down and says, listen, dude, I've been very tolerant of this whole you being the emissary bullshit for the last six years. But I'm tired of it. (laughs) I'm tired of it, Ben. You either got to decide you're joining us and fighting Cardassia or or lead the Federation and be a spiritual leader. Right, right. But you have to make a decision now. It's either that, it's either be the emissary or the Federation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cisco agrees. 
with the Admiral. Yeah. That he's a Starfleet officer first. Right. Right. So he leads his fleet. They don't go to Cardassia. They ended up going to this moon. Yeah. Uh, because it, it, they were producing something very special. Right, right. And there's a huge fight. They eventually win. Mm-hmm. But in before they won, mm-hmm. Dukat got a hold of this orb and got super powerful. Mm-hmm. He beams into the station while Dax is in the Bajoran shrine. Oh, that's right. She, she, um, oh, I have to, I have to mention something here. Absolutely. She goes to Bashir. I, I forgot what part of the, it's somewhere in the middle of the episode. I think it was right before the rest of the crew left to right. go to war. And he finds out, oh, guess what? It is possible for Trills and, um, it is possible for Trills and Klingons to have children. If I remember correctly, what he says was, your body is starting to respond to the treatments. Yep. Yeah, because he, she, because he, if I remember correctly, he gave her treatments so that she could be able to get pregnant. And Major Kira had just told her, hey, I was praying for you and Worf to have a baby mm-hmm. when I was at a, t- a temple or shrine or whatever they call it. It's it's a temple. Yes, when I was at temple this morning. So you know, y'all better uh, get on it. Yeah, you, Where you can go. The prayers are still uh, hot. <laughs> she decides to go. Yes, to the temple. Right. She's praying. Gal Dukat beams into the temple, basically kills her. He stands yeah, over the was... body and he says, "If it's any consolation, my dear." I I w- I didn't mean to kill you. Mm-hmm. I, I I wasn't meant. Um, it wasn't, this wasn't supposed to happen pretty much. I was your death will help you meet Ted Danson. <laughs> huh? <laughs> when Terry Farrell left the show, I believe she went immediately to work on Becker. <laughs> Who did she play on Becker? Oh, wait. She ran she a played, bar. She played, no. No, she ran a bar on the show. Do you know what her name was? I don't remember. Yeah, I haven't seen it enough. It was good, but okay, I'll have to I have to look it up then. It had a blind character. You know how I feel about this. Yeah, I think I did remember seeing it, and I remember that Becker was this like crotchety guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyways. Anywho. You're not gonna meet Sam Malone, Ted Danson. You're gonna meet the Becker Ted Danson, (laughs) but you still get to meet Ted Danson. So (laughs) get an autograph, babe. That's what he said to her. That would be funny if that was in there. Yes. <laughs> Good luck on your bar thing. <laughs> She's not really dead. She's in a bar. Right. With Ted Danson, but it's not what you think. <laughs> He's not working at the bar. He just goes there. Wouldn't that be hilarious if that, would they, if that, if that was a way to actually um, do like a crossover well, episode? Well, or... here's what they could do. Yeah. So she dies. Yeah. And the last scene of the episode, we'll get back to the real episode yes, yes. in a minute. But the last scene of the episode is Dax saying... Am I in heaven? And somebody says, no, you're supposed to be here. She responds with, what do you mean? Be here behind the spar. Get over here. Your ship's about to start. <laughs> Take off that weird uniform that you're wearing. And put this on. She goes behind the bar and Ted Danson walks in and asks for a beer. Oh, that would be great. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. But I'm glad that they did not do it that way. Uh, no. Okay, so... Cisco and the Defiant get back to the station. Yep. They find out that Dax is dead. Everybody's there. 
by this time, Dukat has gotten away. Yep. He's really upset. Yep. And he realizes that he should have stayed at the station. But he didn't. And everybody's standing over her, including Julian and Quark. Um, Kira was there too, is that right? I don't remember. It's I'm, I'm going to say yes for the sake of Okay. This. Well, everybody was pretty heartbroken and, and Worf... Worf did kind of like a like a Klingon cry and said a prayer because I guess there's a way that um, there's a, a way that Klingons mourn for uh, their loved ones. But before he did that, she had enough strength to be alive long enough to tell Worf, if we had a baby, our baby would be beautiful. And then she dies in his arms. And he does the cry. I can only imagine. Yeah. If Worf was real, how how heartbreaking, how heartbroken he was to witness his wife die in his arms. Yeah. His new wife. They just got married. They just got married. He didn't even have a chance to cheat. Oh, Bob. What? Oh, my goodness. I mean, he was excited to meet Lisa uh, Cusack in the previous episode. No, but, but he, he never... didn't say anything because, <laughs> you know, he, he, if it had been Jadzia and not been at the funeral, he'd have been like, oh, you're I awake. was planning to make her my you're awake. mistress. You're awake for that, aren't you? Hmm. Awake. <laughs> All right, babes, babes, babes. Trying to keep you awake here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Cisco decides that he needs to get away and go back to Earth. Far away. Takes a leave of absence. He takes Jake with him. Tells the crew that he loves them. And Worf that we're going to get you somebody to have sex with, but hold tight, buddy. Oh, my goodness. No. No, basically, basically, um, they ask him, well, well, Captain, when are you coming back? He says, I'm not sure. At the end of the episode, Jake and him are at his father's restaurant. Yes. And he's cleaning up and he's washing um, dishes. Or he's washing something. He's washing something, yes. Right outside the restaurant, like in this alleyway. Right. Right before that scene, Kira goes into his office with Odo and says, oh, this is bad. Mm-hmm. He took his baseball. Yeah, he did, he, she said, oh, this is he's probably going to be long, uh, gone for a long time because he took his baseball. He yep. might never come back. He may never come back. We'll have to see. What did you think of this episode, Jay? Well, this was a very, very shocking episode because a major Kara went uh, a character rather a major character went bye bye in the worst way. Um, I, I don't know. It's just very odd. It, it is odd to know that Dax is no longer there and can't give any Klingon advice. Or any other advice <laughs> when it comes to uh, to the technical stuff. Because she's like super, super smart. She was super smart. What does Dax teach us about living life to the fullest? I think she loves... Like, lo- on my crotch. What? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I have no problem with that, babe. I'm like you were kicking. Oh, I, no, no, no. I was just resting my... my legs i'm sorry yeah keep going no i'm sorry okay um 
No she, need to apologize there, Jay. Whoa. She lived life to the fullest. I mean, she was the one that was trying to get Worf to loosen up a little bit. You know, she had that crazy engagement party and her and Kira were like best friends and they would go into the hollow suite and do all these weird programs and you know, she she knew how to have fun. She was super smart, super intelligent, but she wasn't serious all the time. And I really admired her about it about that. I I admired her for that, rather. What do you think happens to Worf? As a result of this, does he embrace life because he knew that he knows that that's what Jadzia would want? Or does he retreat more into himself and cut himself off completely from Alexander? Well, I would hope that he would learn from Jadzia because she tried to teach him how to connect with the, you know, how to connect with things and other people um, and, and have fun doing it. And to open up his heart a little bit. And I and I hope that he remembers that. And I hope he's not so closed off. Because he really is closed off. He's very serious. Yes. You know how we... I'm guessing he doesn't talk like that in interviews. No. But it's funny though. You know, he kind of talks like this. Matter of fact. <laughs> in the beginning of the it's episode. Very good. Yes. yes. When Worf and her talk about having a baby. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's a sign that Worf sees Alexander as a disappointment? I don't think so. I just, it, to me, it seemed like he didn't want everybody to know yet that they were thinking about having a baby. No, I know that. But I mean, we don't see it on camera and we don't know his motivations for saying he wants yes. to have a kid with her. Yeah. But do you think he sees Alexander as a disappointment and that's why he wants to have a baby? So he can raise somebody the correct way. I don't know that he sees Alexander the disappointment, or rather he's disappointed in himself. Mm. Because, yeah, you can say your child's a disappointment, but a lot of it falls on the parent. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. So maybe he's not disappointed with Alexander. He's just disappointed about... He's just disappointed with the fact that he didn't give him enough attention that he should have. And if he did, he would have been a great, he would have been a much better warrior. But now they have to make up for lost time. And I think now that she's gone, it's a time for them to make up for lost time. But. Even better. My dear. Yes. Alexander got transferred onto another Klingon ship. Oh. So he's no longer under the command of General Martok. Oh. I mean, I guess he is in this sense because Martok is like the top military. Dude, oh, that's right. But he's not directly under his command. Oh, that's right. You are right about that. Yeah. I forgot about that too. Well, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. You think Worf loves Alexander though? I think he does, but he has he, he doesn't know how to show it. As you've said before, some people um, love, you know, some people love differently, but they don't know how to, you know, they don't always know how to show it. I want to go back to O'Brien, even though he's not prominent in this episode. O'Brien. Okay. Okay. We talked about him earlier. Yeah. Interesting guy, Mm -hmm. but he has some issues. Yes, he does. We know that he considers war for friends. Yes. And we are led to believe 
That is because they served on the Enterprise. Yes. But I, I'm curious, J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Do you think another reason that O'Brien considers Worf to be a comrade is because he sees another wounded soul? Possible. Very, very possible. I don't know. Mm. It's possible that because they both have kids that, you know, Miles feels closer to Worf. That's what I think. And Cisco. Yes. But Cisco's also his commanding officer. He, so. he is, but they're they are they are close to each other though. Yeah, but he can't just go to the captain's quarters unannounced. That's true. I mean, yeah, that is true. But you know what I mean. Cassidy might kick him out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But no, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's possible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great episodes of Babes. That's right. We got some interesting stuff coming up. Oh, oh yeah. and Vic Fontaine's coming back, isn't he? Oh, yes, he is, Yay, I like him. I really do. He's like the super, super <laughs> coolest hologram. There are some great episodes with Vic in the seventh season. Super coolest hologram yes. ever. Yes. If ever there were a coolest hologram. And I am not a sci-fi nerd, but it's a big it's a big thing for me to say that something is a real coolest, the, the coolest hologram. So, you know, it's a big thing for me. Uh, I know that you have been enjoying DS9, or at the very least pretending to enjoy it for my sake. No, 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 I'm not. I really like it. Oh, good. I really like what I've seen. I mean, I know that I haven't seen every single episode, but I still like it. Does watching the show make you want to continue exploring sci-fi after we finish this experience? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm not sure, actually. Some people are into it like really really into it and some people aren't i don't i don't know i would consider myself a casual sci-fi fan but a big star trek fan if that makes any sense oh i get it you're 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 a super trekkie i wouldn't say that i would say that star trek is my favorite thing in Mm sci-fi but there are having said that there are other things that i enjoy in the genre as well Mm -hmm. yeah but it's weird that I never got into Star Wars. Like, I saw a couple of the movies in the theaters. Yeah. And I thought that they were good popcorn movies. Yeah. But I don't think I've watched any of them twice. Well, you know, I, like I said, I mean, I know you think it's weird, but I knew someone that both liked Star Trek and Star Wars, and he said that he said that it was unheard of. It's unheard of because... You're either a Star Wars fan or a Star Trek fan, and you couldn't be both. But he was one of those people. I think he was even a more more of a sci-fi nerd than you are. Oh. But that's, I digress. Yes. Yes. Um. He probably but, doesn't know how to pick up women, but keep going. He's married. Okay. He's he's been he's been married for a long time. You know somebody who I've heard of. Yes. And this person is, I don't know what I can say, allegedly kind of crazy. She's like, she says that she's seeing somebody who's like from the future. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I'm assuming that this is the same person that, <laughs> that you and a couple of the people have mentioned or, or you know, whatever. So before I dated Alana and I, I'm not going to go too deep into ex-girlfriends. You I better not. Right. 
I had an ex-girlfriend who knew this lady and a friend of my ex-girlfriend who also knows Alana knows this lady too. So I've heard stories that this lady says that she's dating somebody who will be born in like 300 years. And I thought, I thought to myself, you know, that might actually be the same person I, I know. Yes. And I don't even know her very well, but she's a little bit strange. She's nice. She's very nice, but she's she was a little bit strange. I think it might be the same person. It's likely it is. It's very likely. If it's in the blind community, it's very likely. Yes. Yes. The blind community is is small. Yes, it is. It's definitely a small community after all. <laughs> Suffice it to say, the reason I bring her up is because just from hearing about her, she strikes me as somebody who's probably a fan of both Star Trek and Star Wars. As far as I know, if it's the same lady, she is she's more of a fan of Star Wars. I think she's like more I think she's a Star Wars fan. Period. The crazy ones always are. Hey, no, I'm, I'm joking. Wait a second. Joking, but you should hook her up with your buddy. No, no, he's married. He's not an, to her though. He's an old guy. Okay, good. He's I don't even we're not even friends anymore. It's Okay, good. He's he just turned he, he he's old. Good. Okay. Good. I'm not going to say. I'm going to say anymore. <laughs> Otherwise I'm going to I'm going to say something I'll regret. Um, but we're not even friends anymore and he's got a family already. Good. He's married. I'm, he's got I'm grandkids. I'm happy for him and his grandkids. Yeah. I'm sure that's a very normal. Although there was this, so if this is the same girl, go ahead. I remember going to said Christmas party. This was like back in. Do, do, don't give too much information out. I won't. Okay. I won't. You didn't even hear what I was going to say yet. Do your thing. I went to said Christmas party in 2007. It was about. It was at the Outback Steakhouse, and the same lady that I'm thinking about um, had a roommate. I won't even mention his name. Uh, 20, uh, let me think. I was 27. He was 10 years my senior and they were roommates. Um, it would be very odd if they went out together, which I don't think that they did or have. It's kind of strange, but, uh, and he was a sighted guy. He seemed like a nice guy though. Mm. He seemed, he seemed like he had an interesting sense of humor. But you don't get Star Wars either. I never said that. I mean, I... I, I enjoy watching Star Wars. Okay. Like, I remember the, my earliest memories of Star Wars was watching The Return of the Jedi in the 80s. Like, in the early 80s when that was huge. And I I thought to myself that I could easily get into Star Wars, but Star Trek seems a little complicated. And now you're into Star Trek. But that's just me. I mean, I, I could enjoy both of them without getting, like super into any of them yeah to be clear i enjoy star wars but it's i don't really know but you don't get the obsession is that yeah what you mean? i don't okay i don't really know too much about it i can yeah. watch it as a popcorn movie but mm -hmm. i don't go into the mythology like I so do i star mean trek. i think i enjoy star wars slightly more than star trek because really? star trek seems okay. star trek seems a little complicated even though they've got like some really cool stuff in there yeah but Star Wars doesn't seem as complicated to me. You might be correct with that. And the music score, I mean, despite what you I, think, I will say this. I do like the music from Star Wars. The music score from both 
both genres of sci-fi. Yeah. It's really good. Really good. There was some good music in Star Wars. You can't not like that theme song. I guess no. you could, but I... Da, 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 da. By song. the way... Go ahead. The first, two, the first two notes of the Star Wars theme, that's yes. a perfect fifth. Really? Yes, it is. I da, thought... Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, I always a, I always assumed a bottle of vodka was a perfect fifth. No! I'm just shocking at you. No, that, no, no the, the first two notes make the interval... Uh, which uh, uh, so the first two notes of that song make a perfect fifth interval. Very nice. Right. So, because you were talking about knowing what a perfect fifth is, that is a, that is a um, good example of what a perfect fifth is. Good. Yes. Good. 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 A little bit of music, theory and heal. Okay. 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 So now you never have to wonder what a perfect fifth is. Just watch Star Wars. Or listen to, listen the, to the theme song. Yeah. Da, da, there you go. Perfect fifth. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. I had this friend in school. I don't know if this is true, but he said that he was related to Billy D. Williams, really? who I think plays Lando in the Star Wars movies. Hmm. Billy D. Williams? Yeah. The, the 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 great Billy D. Williams. Right? I guess he's a great Billy D. Williams. Or, or the actor. I, I don't know too much about his stuff. Billy D. Are you sure it's Billy D. Williams? Yes. Okay. And I think I responded by saying, "Oh yeah, he was just arrested by for uh, spousal abuse." What? Because I think I have heard something like that on a hard copy. Billy D. Williams. Yeah, and I don't know if that is even true, but I just I, I, I had fun watching. I did have fun watching hard copy. Right, but some of their some of their stories were a little bit suspect. I wouldn't say because I heard it on there that it was true, but I told my friend that I was like, "Oh yeah, he was just arrested by for spousal abuse. <laughs> we have to go down in jail and see him." And he just got really upset. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> were you in elementary school? No, I was in 7th or 8th grade. 7th grade. Oh, my goodness. First, I said, who? Uh-huh. And so he's going down all of his acting credits. And then I said, oh, yeah, that's the guy who just got arrested for spouse. <laughs> or domestic violence or whatever it was. It's the same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Oh, my goodness. If you're listening, Billy D. Williams, uh, I don't know if you're guilty. I was just saying that to a friend. <laughs> I'm sure you're a good guy. Yeah, I'm sure you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what he was in. I mean, I don't know much of his stuff. I don't either. Well. I think he played Harvey Dent in the first Batman movie, the one with Michael Keaton. Oh, okay. Hmm. But he was only in one or two scenes in that movie. Um. So, so your friend said that he was his uncle? His, he was related to him somehow. His cousin I, I, or something? Something maybe? like that. I forget how. Wow. But yeah. Crazy. Yes. Yes, be it was. Yes. And then I remember we used to have parents volunteer at that school. Uh-huh. I, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say anymore. Oh. I, I'm not going to go there, but. You're not? Okay, tell me after the thing. I'll tell you after the thing. Okay. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. Gee, whoa. Yes. Yes. Oh, I got it. I got to tell a dream that I had. I told you this dream earlier Let's this week. Let's do it. This was one of the weirdest dreams I had. And I hadn't had a dream in a long time except for I I think the last time I I mentioned a dream it was last week. But I digress. 
So the other day, I um, had a dream about, I, I don't, I went to this dance. I don't know where it was located. Um, I don't even know what the theme is, but for some reason, Joey McIntyre shows up at this dance and asks me to dance with him the entire time. I'm like, well, sure, yeah. And I thought, hey, that used to be my, one of my celebrity crushes, why not, you know? Yeah. He wasn't yeah. with any, he wasn't, in my dream there was nobody with him. So I'm like, okay, sure. So we dance, we have a good time for the most part. I couldn't remember what else happened in that, in that um, part of the dream, except that there was a lot of people and we were dancing. Then uh, fast forward to the um, the end of the dream where I, I leave the building by myself and guess who I run into? I already know, so I shouldn't guess. As I leave the building, I um, right outside the door, there's Sirach Lofton who played Jake Sisko on <laughs> Star Trek DS9. <laughs> What we talked about, I don't remember, but it was just weird that he was there. He seems like a nice guy in our interviews. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Who interviewed him? But the, the... Well, he's he's been on different shows because, in relation to Star Trek and whatnot. Okay, okay. I often wonder about people like him because to me, mm-hmm. I would consider Ciroc Lofton maybe not an A-list celebrity, yeah. but definitely famous, famous, right? Yeah. Do uh, do most people think of him as this big star, or do they just think of him as okay? He's some actor I may have seen in something. I think most people would fall into the second camp, but to me, he's like a big star. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, do you think that he feels like he could be living in the shadows of his bigger co-stars, like you know, Nana Visitor? It's possible, but maybe he doesn't think that way because he just. You know, he enjoyed working on the show, and even though, like, he wasn't maybe he maybe wasn't as big as Avery Brooks or uh, or Armin Shimmerman, then you know maybe he's okay with that. He could be. Yeah, he could be one of those people that doesn't want to like have a lot of attention drawn to him. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. That's good. But he doesn't live in Ethiopia. No, I thought he did because on his podcast he said something about Ethiopia, but then I listened to another episode and he said he lived in L.A. Okay, that's farther from Ethiopia. Yes, I know. know. By the way, Ethiopian food is really good. I know, I've had Ethiopian food. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff there, Jaywall. It is. The sauces are really flavorful. Oh, yeah. And they're so filling. The injera. Injera, yeah. It's really filling. Oh. Yeah. Let's just say after I had, like... A bunch of those pieces of bread. I um, I took a very good nap. The um, Ethiopian lady who will not be named um, took me out to learn lunch because I was helping her with her um, screen reader. How to use it. Maybe I need some Ethiopian food and that'll help me fall asleep. <sighs> no, it didn't actually put me to sleep. But just the fact that it was filling. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? Yes. You know how like when you're full, the, the, the one thing you want to do afterwards is go to bed? I've heard that from people, yeah. It's true. Mm. It's like you feel like you have a food baby in your tummy, but you want to go to sleep. A food baby. Food baby. Food baby. Food baby. Baby. Alana. Yes. We. Yes. Figured out a way. Uh huh. For you to get books off of Bard. Well, I already knew about it. 
But I didn't know about it all this, like the last year or whatever. Eight <laughs> months. You've been saying, I can't get books off. Well, well the, okay. okay, so so I should explain this to everyone listening. Go ahead. Bard Express, for anyone who doesn't know about this, is um, an app where blind users can get <clears throat> books quickly onto their um, on their onto their devices, and uh, Bard, the Bard website is a website where you can download books and and do the same thing. Well, there is a way to do it. the The Bard app that I do have on my computer is the latest one, but there's been some technical issues with that one. I won't go into it. And so what I did was I used another software that I re-downloaded onto my PC. And I was able to um, make it so that it no it it picked up on my device that was plugged in, which it goes together with that. And I was able to transfer book books. It just takes it just took a while, but I remembered how to do it. Um, the The Bard app is quicker, but I can deal with this for now. I believe your device of choice is called the Victor Reader Stream. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I was under the impression that Bard wasn't working at all for you. And so yesterday I said, well, what if you went on their website and downloaded books? Only to find out that that was always a possibility. It was, yeah. I, so I kind of put that on the back burner because I really wanted to, I really wanted to have the new version of that same app. But it just was not working. It just, I just couldn't make it work. And... That would also mean that I would have to download another version of a, another software I have on my computer, but I'm, I just haven't been able to do that. Um, but if they if they uh, decide to um, get an upgrade to the app and it's much better and it doesn't need any extra software, then I'll download it. That's how I see it. I love the way it works on iOS. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure. Yes. But maybe one day, uh, eventually, if I get a smartphone, it'll be much easier and I can download the app on my phone. Anything's possible, Babel. Do you have the app on your phone? Yes, I do. Awesome. I love it. It's great, isn't it? Yes, yes. You see, if I didn't introduce you to Bard, where would you be with your books? I would be going through the, the <laughs> four or 5,000 books I already had on various wish lists. So you would be taken care of, but I think that this is going to add to your... Um, I think that this is added to your, your list. Yes. I have over a thousand books on my Bard wish list. And the great thing is, is that mm. the same software, I could use it to download Bookshare books. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, that's great. great. I love Bookshare. Yeah. And I gotta, I've got to um, renew my subscription. Bookshare is oh, great. It is. And it's not just for students anymore. Oh, that's so wonderful. I know, I know. And I've, I've been using it for eight years. Mm. So what wonderful, the wonderful things that technology has um, has done. I mean, these are, these are the two wonderful things that they have done. So, you know, it's good. So glad. And so you're going to go back to the Anne of Green Gables books. I am, yes. I have three more books to read. There's one book I'm trying to find but I don't know if I have to look on Bookshare or if it's on Bard because there because I have I have um I downloaded one book that has three of the books, but they're not in order except there's a sec the first book, the second book, and the fifth book. 
but they're not in complete order. Yeah, that's weird. Sometimes Barb will do stuff like that. They'll like they'll like um, cluster them together. It's kind of weird, but that's what they have done. And I'm I'm thinking about going back into uh, reading, um, looking for my uh, Mary Higgins Clark books because I I love a good mystery. Oh, yeah. And at some point, you're going to read a good book too. Hey, I'm just saying that. You hey, know. you read you read. You read a couple of books with me. I did. No, we're going to read more books together. I'm ex- I'm actually very interested and hopeful mm-hmm. about experiencing more literature with my girl. I also want to re I also want to read um classics that I haven't gotten into like I or maybe I started. Like I read the first book of the Chronicles of Narnia, but I never read all the other stuff. There's also Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. That's like a weird book. That's oh, a good book. That sounds very... Is it a fictional book? It's weird. It is, but it's loosely based on the author's experiences. <clears throat> going okay. around the, the parts of the country with his son. Okay. Yes. Well. His son later got stabbed to death <gasps> in front of a Buddhist monastery. Oh. Or a Buddhist temple, rather, in San Francisco. Oh. I want to say around 1980, which wow. was about six years after the book came out. Wow. So when I was in San Francisco mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. I went to that uh, spot. Really? Yeah. And afterwards, I felt kind of weird about it. Oh. Because I went to an area where somebody was killed just right. based on the fact that his dad wrote a book that I really like. Okay. That's a little bit odd. Who is the author? Robert M. Persich, I want to say. Mm. Really good book. It's a strange book. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's kind of heady. But it's really good. It sounds heady. It yeah. has anything to do about um, maintaining a motorcycle? There's some talk of that. But it's really about this father-son relationship and they're both dealing with mental health issues. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty uh sounds pretty heavy. It's fun. It maybe fun's not the right word, but it's I've a mixture been, of everything. Yeah, and I've read it like 3 times. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yes, babes. Okay. 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 Mhm. Is there anything you're looking forward to in the near future, JLo? The movies Good. tonight. Yes. And remind me again, have you watched Meatballs? Of course. Okay, great movie. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, and then uh, I haven't watched Stand By Me in a long time. And I may have gotten the two movies mixed up because I think I there are times where I think I watched one but didn't watch the other or maybe oh. I watched them both. Yeah. I, I believe I watched them both. Yeah. Meatballs is great. Meatballs. It has nothing to do with meatballs, really. No. It's camp. Camp, camp balls. Yeah. Camp balls. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That'll be fun stuff there. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Next weekend, mm-hmm. we might be doing a John Houston retrospective, assuming that you don't have anybody else visiting you. No. No. I'm thinking we do... The first night is earlier films like The Maltese Falcon and The Treasure of the Sierra Montre. And then next Saturday, 
mm-hmm. schedule permitting. Yeah. We do, is it the man who would be king? The king and I. I'm sorry, the king and I. Mm-hmm. And... Well, so we're trying to decide the other one, I think, right? I'm leaning towards Percy's honor. But we'll have a discussion about it later. Percy's honor? Yeah. Okay. But we'll, we'll talk about it later. Oh. Yes. Unless you want to talk about it now. Well, I was thinking Annie, but... We've both seen it, though. I know, but yes. I like that movie. Oh. Oh. There's nothing wrong with watching something we like. I know, but we're watching movies this weekend that we've already seen before. That's uh, true. I like the idea of exposing each other to new things. Woo. Yes. And if we don't like it, we don't have to watch it again. That's why you will. Yes. Did you have any other dreams this week, babe? Those are the only two I can think of. Okay. Yes. And I have had a great week of sleep. Well, I'm happy for you there, Jay. I'm just, I just want you to have a good week of sleep. This has been going on for a while. Yeah. And like I told you, maybe I'm giving out too much. I think maybe you should. You don't think I should say? Uh, Maybe you could. Okay. If you want. I mean, it's up to you, really. I was talking to my mental health professional. That makes it seem like I own one. (laughs) Yeah. Buy one for yourself. He's in the kitchen. Yes. (laughs) We're supposed to have another uh, phone meeting in about three weeks. And he said, if my sleeping doesn't start to get better, I might have to contact like a real doctor and get some medication. Uh, Because it's been going on for a little while. And uh, it sucks having and I think I think it will, yes. because there are times where um, I would have like days without sleep, or maybe a, a week without sleep, and I just wouldn't be able to. And then all of a sudden, one night, I'm just like, I am so tired. I just my body's tired. Yeah, and ba- basically, what he was trying to say is, right now, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff, as we all are, mm-hmm. and. There's so much to worry about that I don't need the extra pressure of trying to figure out how to sleep by myself. So it wouldn't be like a permanent thing yeah. where I'm just on medication forever. Right, right. And he even said it could be a naturopathic doctor who maybe just gives you mel- melatonin. Right. But that's going to be on the table during our next discuss- discussion. And there's other things like I think St. John's Wort is supposed to help with that too. Oh, good. I believe. Oh, good. St. John's Wort. A, a lot of people are using like, oh, and and even the um, uh, the mugwort. Yes. Yeah, and uh, lavender oil. Oh, good, babe. Was lavender oil is good. It's supposed to be good for sleep. Nice. Just a lot of a lot of things that don't require um, medication, but we'll see what happens. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I'll get some good pills, and I'll have an excuse to be uh, crazy on medication <sighs> for a while. No. That'd be hard to deal with. Oh, oh. I'll have a psychotic break. I'd be like, don't, I'd be like, don't come over. Go back home. Oh, what if? <laughs> you have psychotic break, so what if? I don't. I thought you did. Who said that? I thought you did. No. I thought you were like, I have psychotic breaks, okay. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. J-Lo? Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Mm, um... I got a Walmart order today, and it went very, very well. You've been tipped the person, which you usually don't like doing. No, I do. Oh, okay. Sorry. What are you talking about? Of course I do. Okay, go ahead. The only way that I wouldn't tip anyone is if I didn't have money to do it. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I'm very much, I very much like tipping people if I'm able to. Nice. But anyway, 
super good driver, um, was there on time. I mean, and, and I almost thought I forgot something. I almost thought that he forgot something, but I, I had the wherewithal to look in an, uh, one of the bags that I put in the recycle bin and lo and behold, there it was, <laughs> it was hiding. Can we say what it is or no? No. Oh. I'll just, I'll just say, um, they were nasal strips. There. <laughs> so you basically just said what it is. Yeah, I just decided to say it was nail strips, yes. but that's all I'm going to say. Yes. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Anyway. Yes. The state of Oregon thanks you, babe. Hey! Hey, it's you. Hey. What? What are you trying to say? Don't even, don't answer that question. Okay. I'm trying to say I work my you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, babes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, fighting wood. Oh. Well, maybe it won't be. Anyway, yes. that's all I got to say about that. Okay, very nice. Yes. I uh, feel like I've been stuck on stupid today, but y'all know why. It's okay. I am also going to be getting a food delivery order on Monday from Instacart, yes. which I've only used before for Costco. But Fred Meyer has these rice noodles that I really, really like mm. when I'm making pad thai. So that was the inroad to getting. Oh, oh Fred Meyer has. I love. I love shopping at Fred Meyer's because they do have things that other stores don't. But I know. I know Walmart has a, a bigger selection, but they have stuff that other store. Some stores don't have, and they also have a lot of deals. The thing I don't like about this Instacart thing, babe. Yeah. Uh, I almost said Walmart. <laughs> Yes. Fred Meyer opens at 6 in the morning, but the earliest you can get an Instacart delivery, at least here, yeah, is at 9 a.m. Yeah, I think if you had your way, and I joked about this, is that if, if um, somebody was, if Instacart or, or Walmart was delivering at 5 a.m., you'd take it. That would be the earliest, <laughs> but yes, I would. Well, just, just be happy that, you know, 9 a.m. is when they start, because... I mean, yeah, as much as you'd like to get it at 7 or 8 a.m., I mean, that's, you know, at least it's something. Yes. You can't complain about that. That's right, Jay. Yeah. All right, Jay, do you think we're good? I think we're great. Before we go, because yes. I am tired, I'm I'm not sure I can still kiss you, but I want to give it a try. You Let's can. See. Well, let me see. Let's see. First, get on my lap. Okay, of course. Get right over the ear. Okay, okay. You're not tired enough to do that. What? What did I do? I don't remember. Oh my goodness. Stop it. All right. Okay. I think you need a nap. Do you need a nap? If I can nap with my jail. Oh, we'll see. Okay, Okay, anyway. All done. All right. All right. Stay real. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Until next time. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.